Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another edition of Pick and Pod. We're finally back in studio here with Kelly Bright and Will DeFusco. I'm Jack Roach, and we're in the final stretch of basketball, guys. Just about 20 games left. I know we're going to touch on it just because we're all from Boston, or at least our Celtics <laughs> fans, but Celtics are looking like a team to be reckoned with. This is my uh, my little intro because I want to talk about it while we can. Did you guys catch the game last night? Kelly, I'll start with you. I didn't watch it live, but I've been tracking them. It's been nice finally having them play some good basketball. and They've been the best team in the Eastern Conference in the past two months, and honestly, like looking at the stats, it's not even close defensively and even offensive points per possession they're in first place in the past two months so i guess 2022 is their year maybe 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 Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know maybe that maybe that's coming on a little too strong but i I, it's just been so nice having a team to root for feel bad for the new york fans here it's yeah it's been a interesting uh 2022 for them yeah the celtics they got off to a slow start but they kind of came on hot last couple of months I still don't think they're a legit contender. I think they need a few more pieces. Mm. It all rides through Tatum and Brown, but I think a uh, true point guard is still needed, and their big men have been struggling too. So I I think if you have to ride the hot hand of Brown and Tatum to a championship, I don't think that works. Well, especially if Brown's injured. Uh, Last night, we're we're not sure how serious that ankle injury is, so that could be huge for them. He walked off the court on his own weight, but... A guy that I love that I think helps some of the problems that you're talking about is Derek White, yes. who they traded for yeah. from the San Antonio Spurs. I think they've got him for like the next three years under contract on a somewhat affordable deal. Yeah, they do. So yeah. um, I agree, though, that they need a true facilitator. But yeah. I want to bring it back to New York because we have two teams to talk about. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. Just a game over 500. They drop back-to-back games against the Toronto Raptors, one in Brooklyn, one on the other side of the border. There's a lot to break down here because there's no Durant, there's no Kyrie for half the games, and there's no Ben Simmons. Guys, you know, we've got about 20 games left. Where do we see the Nets finishing in the standings? Right now they're currently at the eighth in that play-in game. I think that all comes back comes down to when you're going to get these injured guys back. I, I mean, that's that's the obvious thing to say, but not having Kevin Durant there is so huge for this team. And then you make this trade, you lose Harden, you bring in Simmons. Now, w- your opinions on that trade are neither here nor there. Either way, like not having that point card there with Simmons, that hurts you especially defensively, but they're also missing Joe Harris, and you're seeing some of their guys who maybe aren't used to carrying some of the load, and I'm talking about Patty Mills there struggling right now, and I think uh, their role players are suffering without having those facilitators like a KD or Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's been solid the games that we see him, but he he's only there like one-third, one-fourth of the time, so I, I really feel bad for their – and it's funny looking at their starting lineups right now because the starting five for the Brooklyn Nets, which coming in was like the the team, the roster, 
it, it's almost co- like they're, comedy. They're terrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like who are these guys? Like, all right, uh, like James Johnson's their Bruce number one Brown, guy. Yeah. Bruce Brown, Seth Curry. I mean, it's tough to watch. Yeah, it is. I think they're hoping for the uh, vaccination uh, requirement to be lifted. Uh, the city is looking at that for March 7th, so they're going to hope for that. Um, KD, they said uh, maybe back later this week. So that would be a huge boost for them. Huge. Well, we got to talk about that vaccine mandate. Yeah. Let's leap into it because for all you guys listening, check out the WFUV Sports YouTube page because I just put out a video on this. But March 7th, unfortunately, is not the date that Kyrie Irving no. fans should be circling on the calendar. And here's why. New York City actually has multiple vaccine mandates that apply to different sectors, different businesses. The March 7th mandate that's getting lifted is the key to NYC Mm -hmm. vaccine mandate. And that's with um, restaurants, with gyms, with, you know, concert venues, entertainment places as customers. Right. It, It lifts for the customers. Okay. But not employees. But not employees. So then you have to look at the vaccine for the private sector employees, right? And, you know, I know we we see these people as larger-than-life, you know, personas, but at the end of the day, you know, Kyrie Irving is a basketball player. That's his job. He's a private sector employee. So Eric Adams hasn't even started talking about, you know, when that's going to be lifted. And then you hear, like, oh, there's optimism that'll be lifted, but – I mean, listen, there's there's 20 games left. Like, yeah. If the Nets don't get Kyrie back as a full-time player this year, how far do you think this team can really go? And realistically, where can they finish in the standings? I mean, they're at eighth right now. They just got beat two times in a row by the Raptors, who mm-hmm. are seventh. They got beat by the Celtics two times in a row. They're at six. And the Cavs are playing pretty good basketball, too. I mean... Are they even going to leap the eighth seed that they're at right now? I think it's a stretch. I mean, they're three games out of the seventh seed right now. Um, I, they could possibly get the seventh seed, but that would still mean playing. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it, it would be a stretch for them to actually reach the sixth seed with only 20 games left. This honestly reminds me of the Lakers from a few seasons, you know, reigning champions and then Last year, they're, they're in the playing game, and, you know, they kind of coasted, and we're like, all right, we're going to be fine. We were so successful last year. Our roster got – our roster improved in the offseason, and then they kind of coasted, and, and sure enough, they ended up in the playing tournament. We all know what happened last year. And I see that with the Nets uh, this season, and I I think they're going to be in that – at least in that playing tournament. I could see them maybe – again, like it all comes down to – when you get KD back and when you get Simmons back, if they – and you're right, there's only 20 games left. There's not a lot of time. The one positive note for Brooklyn fans is that every time we've seen Kevin Durant come back from an injury, we haven't seen any reg- regression. He's come back just like he he, he's, he comes back as if he never left. So I think once you have him there, he is such an X factor. I mean, he's, he's top two players in this game right now. So if you have him on, on the court, your team has a chance of moving up in the standings. But I can't see them getting higher than a sixth, sixth fifth seed, which this is a team that all – all season long and in the offseason, we thought, all right, this is a team that belongs in the championship, if not belongs, you know, as the actual champion. So to say to, to even have this discussion right now about whether or not they're going to make the playoffs is mind boggling to me. Just I, I didn't see this coming. You mentioned Kevin Durant. He's been out for, I want to say, about five, six weeks. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn Nets PR tweet out the status report for tomorrow night's game versus Miami. All week, Nash has been talking about how either Thursday or Sunday is the return date for him. 
and he has not been ruled out. So that's good. You know, that, that's, that's something. At least yeah. here we are about, uh, I want to say, 24 hours, 27 hours before their game tomorrow. And he's not ruled out. So hopefully you get him back tomorrow. But then you don't have Simmons. You're right. playing Miami, who's the number one seed in the East. And realistically, Durant's not playing a ton of minutes in his first game back. We haven't even heard. Right now, Simmons is ruled out on the, the basis of um, conditioning, right? Like returning, you know, getting up to speed. And we haven't even talked about his back injury, which right. is something that he dealt with in Philly when he returned to the team but didn't play. Like, remember when he came back for like training camp or whatever, yeah, like yeah. halfway through the season, and it was reported he had a lower back injury. Right. Yeah. So now he's dealing with this. I mean, <laughs> if Simmons doesn't play this year, I- I'm going to. I don't want to talk about the Nets anymore. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> but if Kyrie's not a full-time player and Ben Simmons isn't even healthy by the time the playoffs come, you know, are all eyes set on next season for the Nets? I'd have to say yes. I mean, if Ben Simmons shut down for the rest of the regular season, how much can we really expect from him in the postseason? Right. I, I, don't, I, I personally don't even see him fitting on this team. Anyway, Ooh. but that's my personal opinion on the trade. Ooh, wow, that'd be fun to get into. <laughs> but um, for this season, I mean, especially if they don't get Kyrie back for home games, I can't really see them going too far in the playoffs. But I mean, next season, I I agree with you. I think they, in my opinion, the Nets lost that trade with Philly, and I I think we're going to be talking about the Sixers later this episode. But I think losing Harden and his ability to dominate one on one on the perimeter. Is just it, it, and when you look at Simmons' shortcomings as a scorer, I, I think it's just it, it's it's apples to oranges. You're not it's the return is not equal of equal value. So, uh, and Katie Katie is great, and I just hyped him up, but no one can do it alone in this league. It's become a two, if not a three man All Star team, uh, wins it every year. It's never just one guy. So, um, I don't know. I think they're gonna have to. I think you're right, Will. I think they're gonna have to do some shopping this off season to maybe address some of those holes in that roster. Yeah. Throughout the whole year, just, you know, for me being there, um, I can say that Durant's presence earlier in the season really masked a lot of the issues that this team had. And also Joe Harris, his injury is something that we don't talk we about enough. We never talked about it. Because, He's been out since, what, November, I think? Ooh, yeah. Like well, late, it's been a late while. November, yeah. yeah. And you look, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but hit the, the overall team's shooting splits with and without him are absurd like he just brings so much gravity from the perimeter so he opens up the court for everyone nets are three and seven over their last 10 just a game over 500 i'm gonna finish on this if the nets don't come out of the east is steve nash the head coach for the brooklyn nets safe for next year yes yes no question i think so I, I think they I'd have, say with all the yeah. other issues this team has, he's safe. So much is out of his control, right? I mean, can we talk about the fact that he's in health and safety safety yes, protocols right now? That was what are crazy, the odds? By the way, what are the that odds at this crazy. point of the season? So I, I think the issues he's been faced with, you know, superstars leaving, the whole Kyrie vaccination issue, the, they're out of his control. And I think, and, and the injuries, injuries is number. I think the injuries is number one problem with this team right now. And I don't think that's a coaching problem. So I, I don't think they're ready to give up the Nash experiment yet. Well, Steve Nash isn't the only head coach I want to talk about today because 
We're going to go to Manhattan. We're going to MSG to talk about the Knicks. They're 25 and 36. One and nine over their last ten. And here we are. Is Alec Burke still the starting point guard? Can you can you back back me up on that, Kelly? Listen, he shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean any any I know, there's a lot of Knicks fans at FUV, and I'm pretty sure most of them will agree with me on that. Uh I Alec Burks is not he he's a shooting guard and he's playing point guard basically. And his shooting is is not great right now either. So I think the biggest thing you're seeing right now with the Knicks is the fact that they're missing Derrick Rose. Not having that veteran presence, not having that guy who can close out a game. I mean, their fourth quarters are killing them right now. Most of the games they're losing, I think five out of the last ten of their games have come down to the fourth quarter. And a lot of those games, they're winning by double digits at a point, and they still blow that lead. And I think that comes down to a lack of leadership and a lack of creation on offense, which is exactly what Derrick Rose brings them. And I, you know what? Looking at their record, like let's be realistic now, they – to be even to be able to make to make it to the eight seed, they're gonna have to win like over what seventy five percent, over eighty percent of their upcoming games. So I don't think that's realistic. Is it time now to try out some more some more of your younger guys like Miles McBride? Bring him back out of the G League. I'm just throwing that name out there, throwing that out as a possibility. I don't. I think going young is the way to go here. I mean, you're stuck in like sub mediocrity right now, and they had they had one good year in there in the last couple, but. It's just been very disappointing. They've been swinging at superstars for a long time, too. And so I think right now, just go young. You're probably out of the playoffs by now. Yeah, but have you forgotten who the head coach of the New York Knicks is? <laughs> it's Tom, it's Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. He's not <laughs> playing any of those guys. And He's not. To be honest, I mean, you mentioned the eighth seed. Forget about the eighth seed. I mean, the Knicks, right now the Atlanta Hawks are sitting at number 10 following their loss to the Boston Celtics. Uh, they're twenty nine and thirty two. The Knicks are at twelfth in the East, at twenty five and thirty six. So they're still four games back on the tenth seed. So that's that's what would enable them to get into the playoff game. Guys, do we see a scenario where the Knicks make the play in this year? Listen, I'm looking at their next what nine games. They play the Bulls, Nets, Raptors, Jazz, Cavs. I mean. That's those brutal. That, That's that those don't sound like wins to me. Nah. And I think 12 <laughs> of their remaining 21 games all on the road. So, I mean, not that MSG has really helped them this year, let's be honest, but uh, I'm not confident in their ability to make this playoff. And it's, it's really – I can't remember which one of you said it. I mean, everyone says it, but it's just really been such – a disappointing year for this team that had so much potential coming in and and we say go young they ha- they are a young team they have a lot of t- young talent there and it makes me wonder uh how many of those young guys are going to be on their roster next year who's safe i, I don't even at this point who knows <laughs> like on it like honestly who knows who's safe i mean i it seems like julius randall is safe and i don't even think i don't even know if that's the best move like uh, rj barrett i think I think he's gonna have to be the, your future at this point. He's the best. He's playing best, playing the best basketball out of anyone on this team right now. Um, but other than that, oh my, it's it's tough to watch it. And it also, it really hurts losing Quentin Grimes, who I think out of the young guys, he's really stepped up uh, as of late. So seeing him go down with an injury, I think, is just the icing on a disgusting cake for the, <laughs> this at least the past few months. We got to talk about R.J. Barrett because yeah. that that's the lone positive for this Knicks team. Um, February twenty fifth against the Heat, he has forty six points and nine boards. They still lost that game. Well, they're on a five game losing <laughs> like, streak. So. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> they're on a five game losing streak. I mean, 
you know, most of the games we're talking about, they probably lost, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's played well, 46 points. Then his last game, uh, they played the 76ers. He put up 24 points. They go up against the Sixers again tonight. Harden and Joel Embiid have looked to be quite the duo, but I want to talk about the Knicks real quick. R.J. Barrett, how many points is he getting tonight? I'm going to give him 22. Ooh. 22. All right, so you see the regression like coming down. Yeah. 46, 24, 22. 22. That would make sense with the rest of their season. I'm going to be like they like never have had three no no player on their team has had three consistent games in a row. Yeah. I don't I can't think of one guy who's had three consistent games. They got to they got to win this but game. But they have to that's that's true they have to win it and RJ is playing really solid basketball right, right now and something that would help if he made half his free throws. Because he's driving a lot and and I don't know if you guys watched that game uh the, the first Knicks and Sixers game but that definitely it didn't if it didn't break records it came close for the amount of free throws. I mean a yeah. lot of that was uh, obviously Philly with Harden and Embiid, but R.J. Barrett also got to the line a lot, and he converted just 60% of his free throws, which someone who's doubled his number of drives per game, he's going to have to increase that conversion rate. Um, It could really help his team out, especially... I, I think we've heard all season that he needs to attack more and working on uh, being a more drive-heavy guard, and he's doing that now, but when you do that, you're going to get fouls, and you, in a free throw should be the easy. Besides a layup, a free throw should be the easiest shot in basketball. So I think that's one small, small thing he could work on moving forward. But uh, other than that, he really has been the lone bright spot for this team. R.J. Barrett's been stepping up, but on this season, he's shooting under seventy percent from that charity stripe. And yeah, for a good. team that desperately needs points, and you know, I, I don't think the Knicks play with the the highest pace of play in the league either. So. <laughs> Definitely need those points. I mentioned Nash's job security, and I want to talk about Tibbs. This is the last question about the Knicks. If they do not make the play-in game following the big season they had last year, following the free agent signings and the expectations for this team, is Thibodeau a potential guy that you know does not have job safety? I don't think he has job safety. Um... Could you see him getting fired? I could. I could see him getting fired. He has a track record for kind of not playing the young guys either, not developing the young talent, and sticking with old veterans until they get injured, uh, which isn't a good track record to have. I know Jimmy Butler commented on his coaching style, and he wasn't exactly flattering. <laughs> Did he play with them in Minnesota? That was such a nice way to put it. Yeah. He wasn't exactly Did he play with them in Minnesota? No, Chicago, I think. Oh, my God. I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't think he's safe. No. Even if honestly, even if they were to somehow miraculously make the play-in tournament, I don't know if he's safe, because now you you, you got to figure like last year was the best we're gonna get out of it. I think mm-hmm. a lot in a lot of yeah. people's minds, last year we saw the pinnacle, the peak of him as a coach with this organization. Yeah, I I don't know what to say. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier how the Knicks have swung and missed on a couple big-time free agents, and yep. to be honest, I think that Tibbs was a guy you brought in just to really bring respect back to a franchise that needed it you know the Knicks had kind of become a laughingstock around the league and then last year they had a great season Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what the expectation was with Tibbs to you know get the most out of your pieces that you have already and you know I guess 
make the Knicks a decent franchise again. I think he's done that. I think we've seen progress, and you kind of understand what pieces are here to stay going forward, what guys aren't. But uh, I don't know. I think Tibbs is not going to be the coach of the Knicks next year, mm. and they're going to be trying hard to get some big-time stars. They're playing the Sixers tonight. They've got two of them, Joel Embiid and James Harden. James Harden, I mean, listen, I'm I'm a huge James Harden fan. Um, I actually have a now vintage I did not know James this. Harden Nets jersey. Um, and you got to look at the numbers with the Sixers. It's only been two games, but he's averaging 28 points per game, 14 assists. That's, mm-hmm. That is not a typo. 14 assists mm-hmm. and nine rebounds. So uh, I guess the hamstring injury wasn't all that <laughs> because he's... <laughs> Um, wow, the Sixers are looking like the hottest team in the league right now. Um, guys, how good has this Harden and Embiid duo been? And, you know, I guess what what are the goals for them other than, you know? Let's assume that these two games aren't like a honeymoon thing and this is just a freak of nature. Let's Let's assume that this is something that's sustainable. You can't talk about this duo without talking about the pick and rolls we've seen out of them. I think... We've really never seen Embiid alongside a creator, a sh- an offensive weapon like that, where Embiid doesn't have to create for himself and he can allow someone else to assist him. And I think we're seeing the potential that uh, they have to be just so dominant o- on offense. Uh, 1.28 points per possession from pick and rolls facilitated by James Harden to Embiid. And, and because Harden is such a dynamic scorer, you know, he can drive past that step back three, which we, we saw a vintage Harden in this game. I think he had two or three of those. Uh, I, he warrants that extra attention from defenders, and those are defenders who wouldn't they would have just let Ben Simmons be, be in the past. So I think we're seeing this whole new dynamic to uh, this Philly offense, which I think is going to be really dangerous moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you. I remember back when he was on Houston, he made Clint Capella look really good. Mm-hmm. And Clint Capella would average like 18 points and 12 rebounds a game. And now you have a superstar center. He's great with the pick and roll, and Embiid can even create for himself when uh, Harden's shot's not working. I think the 76ers definitely won this trade, and I I think they could be the favorites to come out of the East. Wow. That that was going to be my very next question because, (laughs) you know, you should never say that it's, you know, the East is wide open, but right now you look at the teams and the nets you know if i'm if i'm james harden the nets don't scare me if if anything no. that's like some extra motivation against them but you've got the heat you've got the bucks who don't look quite as good as they were last year i guess they put it all together in the playoffs but are the the sixers right now the best team in the east do you guys see them as the favorites to come out of the conference cuz I, I know do. you do i do <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of Giannis. I like the Bucks too. But I don't see either the Heat or the Bulls coming out of the Eastern Conference. And those are the only teams above the Sixers in the standings. So I, I would I would probably lean with the Sixers right now. If Giannis gets hot, maybe the Bucks, But I, I'd put the Sixers at coming out of the Eastern Conference. I mean, after these two games, it's really hard not to pick the Sixers. I mean, especially just given how, how the Nets have struggled recently. Caruso, Caruso is now injured. 
uh, for Chicago. So yeah. that not can't... Alex Caruso. Come on, I love him. I love him. How will they ever win? Games? No, stop. He's so good defensively. He's okay. been a big piece. For yeah, them. he's been no, huge. He's a good but, player. But, he's a good player. No, I'm but sorry. seriously, like looking at the East, I'd say there's like six or seven teams that could realistically come out right now. Uh, Celtics. I know we started off. I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing, but they're definitely going to make some noise in the playoffs if they continue to play this level. The Cavs have kind of dropped off recently, but that's still a team talented enough to make make some kind of run. But uh, if you look at the way the Sixers rosters shaped at this point, they should be the number one team here. I think defensively they're strong, and the fact that you have literally two MVP level talents leading your offense right now that that can't hurt you and and I think we we always talk about Embiid in this process we've always been looking for that guy to be alongside him and clearly it wasn't Simmons but Harden could be that guy even if it's just for a season and I think this also is going to help the role players on this team a lot I think someone we've already seen benefit is Tyrese Maxey who's averaging 24.5 points per game since Harden joined them so that's somebody who's going to get more looks as the d- defenders have to shade towards Harden and Embiid so I think looking at how this roster set up I, I have to agree with you Will I think the Sixers are are now my favorite in the East but that all being said I think it's going to be really it's really going to be a fun playoffs to watch because I think the East more so than the West is is a much tighter race. I'm glad you mentioned Tyrese Maxey because I wasn't really sure what his fit was going to be and I guess we've only seen two games, but <laughs> but he really was that primary facilitator for the Sixers, and he did a really good job in it. You don't have the same number of touches when James Harden's on your team, and you know you, you mentioned the numbers. Tyrese Maxey's been playing really well without the ball in his hands as frequently as he had before. So I definitely agree. I, you know. I would pick them uh, to win the championship, or at least come out of the East. I've, um, you know, I, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I, I think they're gonna win. Um, and, and you know, we talk about the favorites in the East. I want to finish today's show by talking about dark horse teams because there's a lot of teams in the East right now that I think are capable of making some noise and. In the West, you've got the Suns, you've got the Warriors, but you know I think there's a bit of a drop off after that. And John Morant has been great, mm-hmm. but are they ready to take that leap? I don't know. So I want to go around the horn. I was I wanted to say East and West, but you know I want each of you guys just to give me one team. It doesn't have to be either conference. Just give me one team that you think is going to make some noise that's outside of that top two or three in each conference. Well, I want to give a shout-out to John Morant because he has been by far the most exciting player to watch this season, and it's not even close. I just highlight He's a human highlight reel. However, your question, do I think they're ready? No. I think they're young. I think this isn't the year, but maybe next two, three seasons they'll find a way out of it. A team that I don't know, I I don't I don't want to call them a championship contender, but as in terms of a dark horse, a team that we don't really talk about a lot that I think has played really well as of late are the Mavericks, and I think that comes down to Luka Doncic, who I think uh, February especially is is just playing out of his mind. I know he had a slow start this season, but in the last seventeen games, averaging over thirty two points per game, thirty two points per game, over ten rebounds per game, and nine assists. Uh, and if he had done that the entire season, I think the Mavs would be in a different place uh, 
in, in terms of rankings, but uh, I think the way he's been playing, and especially with the additions of Spencer Didwitty and uh, Bertans, they've they've been significant uh, contributors so far, and I think Dinwitty is someone who can be a really big X factor for them. So, and they just beat the Warriors. Uh, so to me, game. to me, that's a sign that they could they can turn some heads uh, come postseason. That's my team. Right. I'm gonna go with the uh, the Nuggets, and it's mostly based on injuries. Uh, but like Nikola Jokic, top three MVP candidate really good basketball player and they're optimistic that both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. can come back for the playoffs and if they do I think they're a really really good six seed because that's where they currently are in the standings if the I don't, uh, three seed gets paired with the six seed that's going to be a tough matchup for the Grizzlies I had and the the real reason why I changed it from each conference to you know just pick one is because <laughs> I had two teams. I knew <laughs> I knew one of them was gonna get uh, poached or taken away. Um, I was gonna say the Nuggets for the reasons that you uh, you raised, yes. and you know I'm sure you guys can guess what team I'm gonna go with. It's got to be the Boston Let's Celtics. Go. Let's um, go. They, I mean, they struggled at the beginning of the year. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but. I always liked the the build of the team just because you could kind of tell that it was constructed by Brad Stevens. Like it's, you know, they right now they're the best defensive team in the league. That's their identity. And, you know, I feel like Brad Stevens went out and got defensive minded guys. And you see that again at the deadline when they pick up Derek White. Right now they're 10 games above 500, 37 and 27, 8 and 2 over their last 10. Last night, they gave up 33 points in the second half to i mean Trey Young goes down with an injury hope he's all right but listen that's that's pretty mm-hmm. sweet 33 yeah, points solid. i think it was 13 points in the third quarter so um love my Celtics hopefully Jalen Brown's all right but Jason Tatum is playing like MVP level basketball and i know this year the field is so crowded Tatum doesn't even crack top 10 but yeah. he has been on a hot streak and also Ime Udoka I don't know if you guys are fans of him the the head coach but um he was an assistant in Brooklyn last year Steve Nash always raves about him and you know not to go too much on a tangent but at the beginning <laughs> of the year I was like oh no this is not, <laughs> this is not gonna work out but in Ime we trust I guess I guess right? so <laughs> No, I, I agree. I think also you mentioned Derek White earlier. I think him and Marcus Smart together, that's one of the best defensive backcourts in this league at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be – I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I'd, <laughs> I'd, struggle, we all? I'd, struggle, I'd struggle to find a better defensive backcourt than Smart and Ta- – or, sorry, Smart and Derek White. And with Jalen Brown being out, that's probably going to be the starting, the starting guard. Yeah. yeah. So – We'll have to see. We're we're rounding out the season in that final quarter. I don't want the season to end, but I guess that means that the playoffs are starting. Yeah. So that will do it for this edition of Pick and Pod. For my hosts, Kelly Bright and Will DeFusco, I'm Jack Roach. Stay tuned for our next episode of Pick and Pod. All your news NBA-related right here on WFUV Sports.